Hello and welcome to another Newsmakers podcast. Today we talk with Jason Sylvain, who is a partner at AKF Group, a firm that specializes in engineering, design, and technology for high-performance buildings. Jason is one of the ACHR News 40 Under 40 honorees. His profile stood out because he's big into historic building retrofits. That's something that covers several trends we're seeing in the HVAC industry, energy efficiency, sustainability, and better IAQ. Jason, welcome and thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. Thank you. Why don't you start off by telling me a little about your company and maybe whether or not the work you do has been affected for better or for worse this last year by the pandemic? Um, so AKF, we're a consulting engineering firm located in New York City. We, as In general, I think we've done fairly well maintaining um, our contracts and our, our projects throughout this last year with COVID. Um, I think we were fortunate in that we had a lot of the infrastructure in place to allow us to work remotely. So um, the transition was very smooth. Um, as, as the year's gone on, um, I think it's getting to be a little bit more tricky with getting people back out to the field. Um, a lot of there, we're seeing hesitancy in our uh, teams just trying to get out there and, you know, concerned about their safety and well-being. And what about on the customer side? Customer side, it has been um, slowed down quite a bit. Um, in the past couple months, I've seen a pick up with more RFPs and more projects that were on hold or have been on hold for the past year or longer coming back. Um, initially, I think we were fortunate in that um, we, do, we are a larger engineering firm, so we're very diverse. We, we did a lot of uh, COVID um, projects in and around New York City and the New England region. So you personally, how did you get into uh, HVAC and engineering? And in particular, what drew you to your niche for retrofitting historic buildings? You know, as an engineer, I think uh, myself, I was born an engineer. Um, I've always wanted to be one. It's something that is in the family. Um, So becoming an engineer was just natural. Um, As far as getting into um, HVAC, I think that's a product of wanting to live in a larger city. Um, A lot of mechanical engineering that occurs in large city is, you know, MEP, um, HVAC driven. So it's, it's four buildings. And it, my desire to uh, work on historical buildings has really been driven by just trying to maintain the aesthetics of these historical places, these buildings that have been around for 100, 150 years, trying to get retrofit the MEP systems into the, these buildings, essentially trying to bring them up to the um, modern technologies while maintaining their historic um, appearance. So what kind of challenges are there in integrating new systems, new technology into historic buildings? I think one of the most challenging aspects is is always space. Um, You know, we're always limited by thermodynamics and airflow and water volumes, how big a conduit has to be. And a lot of these buildings weren't designed anticipating that, you know, you need to run a piece of ductwork through this room to get to the next room to provide adequate ventilation. Um, it's always been a challenge or when I've been on the, my project has always been a challenge to find an owner, find an architect, find a contractor, find your engineer that all have the same goal at the end. And that is, you know, a, a beautiful historical building that's been renovated, that's, um, you know, it's been restored to its original glory with modern technologies in it. Um, there are a lot of compromises throughout the uh, design and construction. Could you share the details of a couple of these types of projects? Um, you could pick a couple of your favorite, maybe a time when you had to be really creative or just a project that was really cool. 
Um, I think my favorite or my first project, I guess, would be I worked on uh, the Sterling Memorial um, Library Nave at Yale. Um, it's a small space, about 11,000 square feet, and it's essentially essentially the front vestibule or entry into their undergraduate library. It's set up like a historical church in that it's got aisles on each side. It's you know it's got a transept up at the end. So. That project was interesting to me because it was my first introduction into historical buildings. Um, I took the time, you know, I had the opportunity and took the time to spend two weeks in the field, walking the site, climbing up the ladders, finding all these little niches and open spaces between, you know, the the brick and the stone facade, you know, to to find these little pathways. Um, One of the unique aspects of that project or one of the more interesting things that I found was when I initially got on the project, we were given about 2,000 drawings. So one of the first things I did is I sat down and I started to sort through them. And the building itself is about 100 years old, or is about 110 years old now. Um, sorting through those, I noticed that there were a couple shafts that were initially on the original drawings um, from James Gamble Rogers that disappeared somewhere off the plans around you know the 1960s, 1970s. They just people stopped drawing them. So I, we took the opportunity to do some probes, cut some holes into these um, risers or into these shafts to see, you know, are they there? Did they get infilled? What, what was inside? And it gave us a unique opportunity that we ended up with a three foot by four foot riser that went all the way from the basement up to the attic space where we put our MEP equipment. So it gave us an express riser through the, through the space without disrupting any of the, you know, the aesthetics. Wow. So what, um, what kinds of systems or products, um, what kind of technologies uh, have proven really useful when you're retrofitting historic buildings? What kind of HVAC, HVAC technologies? It varies quite a bit. Um, you know, decoupling the ventilation air from your um, load is probably one of the most important things you can do, especially on, on larger projects. Um, I'm working on one now that seats about 1,200 people. Um, I've been working on that project now. This is the sixth year straight. Um, I think they'll be occupying any day now. So that's it's a nice, uh, exciting time for that project. Um, but I think it's it's keeping it on top of what's changing and then being flexible to, you know, what's needed. Um, for instance, I've had projects where, you know, well, I want to put an air handler in a certain space. Well, to put the air handler in, we need to put in beams, to put the beams in. You take the roof off the building. Well, why don't we talk about changing the air handler out to instead of maybe a, a sheet metal steel construction? Let's go all aluminum. Let's see if we can reduce the weight of it. Oh, we go all aluminum instead of having you know a hot water heating coil. Maybe you go with a steam coil, and you slowly work back on your, the weight to the point that you don't need those beams in. So you don't have to take the roof of this historic building off. You know, it's it's really just taking the time to look at things holistically and listen to the rest of your team. You know, the structural engineer is going to have insight. The architects has a lot of insight, uh, the owner also, but you know, that, that's what I found the most helpful. Do you think the pandemic has had an effect on how much retrofit work we'll be seeing in the future, whether these would be historic buildings or I'm thinking just buildings that are a little older, like your typical suburban office building, like the one I work at? from a perspective of improving IAQ or energy efficiency or something else? 
I definitely think it's there's going to be a lot of retrofits here in the near future. Um, you know, work, living and working in New York City, um, you know, we, we live in very small spaces, and with the pandemic, that's been a, an issue. Um, you take individuals who live in a two-bedroom apartment with no office space, and now you're working from home with a family. Um, so you're going to see a lot of, you know, office spaces getting smaller, um, you know, because people won't be working in offices as much. You know, they'll work more remotely a couple days a week. So the office spaces are going to get smaller. Um, residential spaces are going to get larger. Um, and then energy-wise, you know, New York City, we're working through uh, Local Law 97, which is an energy reduction um, over the next uh, 30 years. And there's a lot of um, punitive fines if you don't comply with it. So I think that we're seeing that, you know, um, laws come into place like Local Law 97, that, you know, Boston's integrating a similar code up, um, change. And uh, they're also working towards the IPC with something similar. What should HVAC contractors be on the lookout for with these kinds of uh, updates to, to uh, local law? I think it's, it's going to be an interesting time for the contractors and the engineers. Um, we come up with great ideas, but at the end of the day, we're only as strong as our contractor in the field. Um, so I think that as a contractor, it's going to be staying even more in touch with what's up with, with new products and new um, systems that are coming out, um, especially on, you know, the VRF side, things change so quickly that a lot of times we're designing to something for a product or a set of documents that's going to go out in two years. And when, by the time the contractor gets it, there are systems that are much more efficient. So taking the time to look at the documents, dig through them, understand the design concept, and then come back to the table and say, this is a great approach, but you know, there's a more efficient system now. Why don't we take a look at this? So as well as working on building design yourself, uh, you also work to train young engineers who are just starting their careers. So I wanted to take a moment and ask you about that. What has proven successful in your experience in getting new young engineers and HVAC professionals excited to join the field? You know, I think, um, in particular for myself, I'm extremely passionate about that um, historical restoration um, projects. Looking for other individuals, other engineers who look at the architecture, not as just the building, but what are the aesthetics? What are we trying to achieve? What does the architect want to do, even in a new construction or a renovation? What is the product they're trying to um, provide? And then taking that same passion that they have and building off it. So trying to find the young engineers that can communicate well um, is very important. And then also, you know, to, to show them how, you know, you go out to the field. It's not just a walk through the space, look around, open a few ceiling tiles, look behind, you know, this wall or that wall. It's to take the time to get to know the building and, and showing them, you know, I, I that's my, been my motto. I, I show people how I do things and find that, I, you know, similar people with similar interests gravitate towards each other. What do you think are the top three trends we're going to be seeing in the next five years for HVAC? You know, I, I think you're, you respond on bringing up energy. Energy is going to be the largest um, component coming through here in the near future, um, whether it is driven by your local um, government code-wise or if it's driven just for financial reasons to, you know, make a more sustainable building. Um, resiliency has, has been a big topic for the past couple of years, and I don't see that going away. 
especially as weather changes as places like Texas are now covered in snow today. Um, understanding that, you know, the resiliency has to be there. You know, a lot of these facilities in Texas are going to have to take a hard look at how they design things and design heat into their systems, something they typically don't provide, you know, heat for a zero degree day, you know. Um, and I think the third thing that's going to be critical is um, how to work more remote together better, but remotely. Um, I think that's something that's changing. I'm seeing a lot of younger engineers um, talking about wanting to live further away from, you know, the project or away from the office. How do we maintain and challenge each other on projects and then the design side while not sitting next to each other? So I, I think that's going to be a trend here. Well, all right, that about wraps up our podcast today. Uh, where can our listeners go to find out more about your company and the work that you do? Um, you can go to, you can Google us, AKF Group, or uh, you can uh, type in akfgroup.com. Great. Thank you so much, Jason.